Some interesting quarterback talk happening tied to the Washington Commanders and another former Carolina Panthers player is joining the team. Plus, University of North Carolina offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach Phil Longo is here to talk about Sam Howell. And we take a voicemail as we continue our post-draft series right now on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, free and available on all platforms. And we thank you for making us your first listen or your first view every single day. I am David Harrison, covering your Commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. My co-host, Chris Russell, not here for today's episode, but you can find the rooster as one half of the Russell and Met her show on the Team 980. Find Chris and Pete there Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern or anytime along with this show on the Odyssey app. When we're not there or here, we're on Twitter at dharrison82, at russellmania621, and at LO Commanders. Thanks again for making us your first listen or your first view every single day. A former Washington quarterback back in the news, so to speak, Robert Griffin III, uh, reportedly getting interest by a quote-unquote plethora of teams, a plethora by the mean meaning large or excessive amount, uh, of getting uh, so a large or excessive amount of attention from NFL teams reaching out to Robert Griffin III uh, to to poke interest into his playing abilities remaining at the age of 32 uh, from NFL teams again after running a 448 during the Run Rich Run charity event. Uh, this according to Robert Griffin III himself, and and according to RG3, he's getting interest from the Dallas Cowboys, uh, obviously to to be a part of the backup program. There for Dak Prescott, the Atlanta Falcons, who now have uh, rookie quarterback Desmond Ritter, along with veteran quarterback Marcus Mariota and the Chicago Bears, who have quarterback Justin Fields and did basically nothing to help the young uh, Ohio State, former Ohio State quarterback there as he is coming into his second year as quarterback for uh, the Chicago Bears. He says that the, uh, you know, the interest in the Dallas Cowboys probably wouldn't make the Washington fans very happy to see him go back home to Dallas. And I will say this. And I can't speak for every fan. Obviously, I know a lot of fans, uh, you know, there's still maybe a very large number of fans who who uh, who reminisce about, you know, the, the really great rookie season that RG3 put together and then the track that he was on before injuries and, and other things uh, kind of derailed that whole thing. I don't know that Washington fans would really have that big of a, of a reaction to RG3 going to Dallas to be the backup uh, behind Dak Prescott. That's just, that's just me. Maybe I'm wrong. I know, again, some people obviously would, but I think by and large, mo- the majority of the fan base probably wouldn't really care all that much. Now, of course, you know, the way that these things in the NFL gods uh, tend to work, Dak Prescott goes out uh, for whatever reason, RG3 comes in, and who knows, RG3 runs all over the field against the Washington Commanders and lights them up and wins a game for the Dallas Cowboys. Then, then in that circumstance, of course, uh, everything would go haywire and, and all kinds of insanity would ensue after something like that happened. But just strictly going to Dallas to back up Dak Prescott, not sure a whole lot of people going to care. Also, Robert plethora means, you know, larger excessive amount, 11%. That's three teams of the 32 teams in the NFL, 11%, not a plethora, uh, just saying. So interesting to, to whatever extent you want it to be interesting. Uh, it's out there. He doesn't obviously start at any of those locations. And, uh, as far as the Chicago bears are concerned, not going to do, uh, RG three is not going to do anything with no weapons any more than Justin Fields is going to do with no weapons. So good luck to them and whoever they put 
uh, at quarterback. If anything, putting RG3 quarterback the Chicago Bears is just to, to ensure that Justin Fields uh, doesn't suffer the same fate and get banged around and beat up uh, in, in a young stage in his career like RG3 actually did. So if RG3 wants to go there and be that shelter for Justin Fields' health, uh, then by all means, you know, more power to you. Good luck uh, there in the Windy City. Um, some teams not playing home games in their home stadiums this year, uh, going overseas, and the Green Bay Packers, New Orleans Saints, Jacksonville Jaguars, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Arizona Cardinals all hosting games overseas this season as part of the NFL's international uh, series. The full schedule is still to be released later here in the month of May, but on Wednesday, the NFL went ahead and released the teams and the dates and the times of when they'll be playing overseas. The Giants and Packers will be heading to London as well, the Minnesota Vikings and New Orleans Saints and the Denver Broncos and Jacksonville Jaguars. So all three of those matchups, Giants and Packers, Vikings at Saints, and we say at with uh, quotation marks, Denver at Jacksonville, all be taking place in London. One of them will be played in Wembley. The Seattle Seahawks will visit, quote unquote, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Munich, Germany in mid-November for Tampa Bay's home game. Uh, that one's a little bit interesting. The first ever NFL regular season game being played in the country of Germany. San Francisco and Arizona will face off in Mexico, Mexico City. All four of the European games, so the three London games and the game in Germany, all of those will take place here in the States, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. So if you're on the West Coast and you want to see one of those teams play, uh, enjoy your 6.30 uh, wake-up and, and morning football dose. Look, hey, there's there's worse things to wake up 6.30 in the morning for, right? Uh, and then the, uh, the Arizona-San Francisco game, I believe that one is a prime time game. So that's some NFL news going on and then finally some Washington commander specific another former Panther joining the commanders but this one never played for Ron Rivera so maybe it's maybe it's a little bit okay six-year veteran wide receiver Alex Erickson joining uh, the Washington commanders on Wednesday spent his first five years in the NFL with the Cincinnati Bengals obviously Ron was not there spent 2021 with the Carolina Panthers Ron was here so obviously Ron did not coach Erickson uh, 96 catches in his six years in the NFL 1,141 yards uh, he's a return guy that I mean, he's he's got some obviously he's got some receiving skills, some receiving abilities, but basically he's coming here to compete uh, for a return job, kind of like DeAndre Carter, not necessarily the exact same type of player, but just kind of the exact same type of uh, career scenario where they're going to earn a spot. Uh, Erickson's got to earn a spot on the special teams. And then from there, maybe get some opportunities to show uh, that he can also contribute to the offense in his six years in the NFL. Uh, Erickson has amassed over 2,700 yards uh, in kick returns, 24.8 yard career average in kick returns is pretty good. Uh, 1,278 punt return yards, 8.1 yards per punt return average for young Mr. Erickson. Coming up, I'm going to be joined by University of North Carolina offensive coordinator and quarterback coach Phil Longo to talk about uh, 2022 NFL draft pick for the Washington Commanders by the Washington Commanders in the fifth round quarterback Sam Howell. And yes, I asked him how he thinks Howell would fare if he were thrust into the starting position. No, I did not ask him to uh, to break down Carson Wentz. You'll get to hear that for yourself. Coming up here with uh, UNC Office Coordinator Quarterback Coach Phil Longo of the Locked On Commanders Podcast. But first, we have to talk about our friends over at BlueNile.com, where you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. And with Mother's Day coming up, it's the perfect time to get to know Blue Nile. Whether she prefers a statement piece or everyday subtle elegance, BlueNile.com has fine jewelry options for every mom. Shop high-quality classic diamond earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces. Mark Mother's Day with something enduring 
classic diamond stud earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, birthstone pendants, and so much more on BlueNile.com. And the best part, 100% satisfaction guarantee. Shop stress-free with guaranteed free shipping and returns. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On listeners get $50 off a $500 purchase or more. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day, so use the code Locked On. That's code Locked On. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Segment two here at the Locked On Commanders podcast on this Thursday. David Harrison going solo at dharrison82 on Twitter. My co-host, Chris Russell, not here for the episode, but you can find him at WrestleMania621 in the show at LO Commanders. Like I said at the end of the first segment, University of North Carolina offense coordinator and quarterback coach Phil Longo sat down with me for about 10 minutes to talk about uh, Washington Commanders' fifth-round draft pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, quarterback Sam Howell. Uh, so here is that conversation. For those of you on YouTube, unfortunately, Coach couldn't do it over video, so we just have audio. I'm going to overlay some pictures and, and all that stuff with Sam Howell and his time in UNC for you, but you'll still get to hear uh, the interview here with Coach Longo. Locked on Commanders, joined now by University of North Carolina Tar Heels offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach Phil Longo. Coach Longo, we appreciate you taking some time to speak with us and, and figure we start with the elephant in the room. What do you make of your guy Sam Howell dropping all the way to the fifth round of the 2022 NFL draft? You know, I, it's hard for me to project why. And, you know, I don't know the needs of all these teams. And, I, you know, I know that uh, Sam was evaluated very highly. I know that it seemed to be a surprise to some scouts and NFL coaches that I know very well that he was still around in the fifth. But the, the way I look at it is all Sam needs is an opportunity, and that's what Washington is providing him with. And I know he's elated to be with the commanders, and I also know that he just he wants an opportunity just to go and compete. So um, I think he's a steal, obviously. I'm biased. He was my quarterback, but um, – very, very talented, elite arm talent, phenomenal accuracy. Um, I don't know if you're going to find a guy that's going to prepare more or know more about the game than Sam. That was always one of his strengths, one of his many strengths. And so I'm just looking forward to him playing in, in your uniform now. And, uh, and now he's got another huge fan. Absolutely. So uh, you talk about him being one of your best, one of your best guys. Let's go back to Sam's arrival uh, to North Carolina, originally committed to Florida State, decommitted to choose your program over the Seminoles, and then came in as a freshman, won the starting job. Uh, was that something that you guys basically expected him to do when he committed to North Carolina, was come in and take claim to that starting job? Or was there something you saw that you maybe didn't expect when he first got onto campus? Well, I had, I had recruited Sam Howell even before I got to North Carolina. I recruited him when he was when I was at Ole Miss and he was coming out of high school and I thought he was one of the top two or three high school quarterbacks coming out that at that time. And I did not have uh, the same shot at Sam at Ole Miss that I did when we put the Tar Heel colors on. Obviously that was his home state school. You know, I'm I'm all of a sudden now I'm at the top school in the state of North Carolina and you know, I think um, he was looking for the best place for him, and he decided to flip from Florida State to North Carolina. And, you know, we let him come in and compete with two other uh, freshman quarterbacks that were on the roster, and Sam won an outright. And, I, you know, the last three years, I think, is, is history. 
Uh, absolutely. You speak one of those years, 2020, you and Sam, uh, you guys put together quite a show there with the Tar Heels offense, unfortunately, or fortunately in, in some ways as well, led to a lot of talent leaving in the 2021 NFL draft. And a lot has really been said and made about a dip in production from Sal, Sam as a quarterback in 2021, even with the understanding that a lot of talent around him left. Uh, but still, you guys had one of the top offenses in the ACC, a thousand yard receiver, 2000 yard rushers. Sam himself put up amazing numbers. Was the dip in production overblown during the, the lead up to the NFL draft, do you think? And if so, do you think it bled not just in the media, but into what teams ultimately thought of him as an NFL prospect? You know, it's hard for me to project what others are thinking, but I will say he, he lost 2,000 yard rushers the year after the 2020 season. He lost 2,000 yard receivers that same year. Going into this past season, I think a lot of people don't realize. The only returning starting receiver that we had, we lost applications from surgery in camp. So we had a we had a fifth skill player not return for Sam, and then we also lost our starting center uh, to a surgery issue prior to the beginning of the season for a while. So we really had to lean on Sam a lot and, and lean on a veteran O line um, that didn't kick off the season as well as we had hoped, but. What people don't realize is from a, a total offensive output or out, offensive yardage standpoint this year, Sam had more offensive yardage this year than he did in either of the two seasons before. He just happened to do a little bit more of it on the ground. I think he threw for three or 400 yards left, but went from a guy who had 130-something yards rushing the year before to you know the mid-800s. And um, you take the sack yardage away, and he's a 1,000-yard rusher, so – Overall, from a productivity standpoint, I mean, Sam, yardage-wise, was more productive this year than the two two years prior. But he did it with a much uh, less prolific cast around him, and that's obviously that was the difference from one season to the next. Yeah, and I mean, looking at the stats, you're 100 correct. It's very impressive, especially when you put into context. Uh, what was happening there with, with your guys' squad and the talent lost and then lost in season as well, like you just mentioned. And I know Sam said that he wouldn't give up that experience for anything in the world because he thinks it made him stronger as a person and as a player. Uh, of course, one of the players you guys did lose to the draft in 2021 was wide receiver Deami Brown, who Sam now gets to reunite with in Washington. Coach, when we spoke to him after he was picked, he said Deami was one of his best friends. Can you kind of describe their chemistry going back to UNC and what the duo could be capable of if they get a chance to get on the NFL field together? Well, I, I think uh, Sam Howell and De'Ami Brown going yeah, their preparation for the 2019 season. We came out of the spring in 2019 with a lot of question marks regarding uh, who's going to be the starting quarterback, who are our starting receivers. We didn't have really any established players at either one of those positions. And De'Ami and Sam led a group of guys that got a tremendous amount of work and progress done and taken care of over the course of the, the summer and that group when they came back heading into the 19th season it was like night and day and, and I credit a lot of that going back three years from now I credit a lot of that to De'Ami Brown and Sam Howell kind of taking the reins and getting getting those guys going and that led to our progress and a really really good 2020 season that ended up in the Orange Bowl against A&M and, and I have no doubt that if they have an opportunity to connect here on the pro field, the way they did in the college field, that uh, that timing and that uh, feel that they have for each other will will return. And I'm I'm excited to, to see the two of them take the field at the same time, if and when that happens. 
Absolutely, Coach. I know we're already excited to see the two uh, in training camps and camps leading up to. We got the rookie camp this week. I, I bet you Deami probably wishes he could be out there if he could. But even as a fifth-round pick, even with the slide and everything going on, Sam Howell, as soon as he becomes a commander, uh, and as soon as the commanders make him a part of their squad, the speculation immediately started brewing about how long it was going to take before he supplanted Carson Wentz as a starting quarterback. Now, I'm not going to ask you to comment on what's happening inside the commander's quarterback room, uh, but I think most of us are expecting outside of injury or Carson just being a terrible fit, ultimately, uh, with the team to start the season, that he's going to be QB1 in 2022, and Ron Rivera is, is certainly standing on that platform as of right now, but... If, if the opportunity arises, if the stars align and shifts to where Sam Howell is thrust into the starting NFL uh, position there in his first season with Washington, how do you think he'll fare? And, and more importantly, I suppose from, a, from a, a, an introduction standpoint, what do you think Washington really needs to do to put around him to support him the right way in that effort? So I, I think one of the things that makes Sam so good is his understanding of what he needs to do from an next point and also – his understanding of what he has around him. And so, you know, from now through, let's say he plays 10 years in the league, he's going to have a, you know, a different um, set of weapons every year. And he's got to find a way to execute and take advantage of the weapons that you have from season to season. That's something that he did here in North Carolina. It's something they'll have to do at Washington. And, you know, it's the recruiting deal in college is all about stars, right? Like they're giving these stars out to these kids. And uh, and they and they rank them that way. And in the pros, for for me, I always see it as um, you know they're, they're projecting what round guys are going in. As soon as we get a high school kid in college, those stars don't mean anything. And I would imagine that as soon as you get a guy in the NFL from college, the round that they were chosen doesn't mean anything. All that matters is how productive they are and how they execute. And at the end of the day, Sam is is very very prolific with the way he plays the quarterback. He's extremely talented, um, great arm talent, great accuracy, um, impeccable preparation. I liken him more to Drew Brees than anybody I've ever studied in the NFL. Um, and so if that plays out at all, I think the, the commanders and, and Sam are going to be a good fit for each other. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. I know a lot of Commanders fans are excited uh, to see him as part of the roster, and, and a lot of people here in the media, we're looking forward to kind of seeing what he can do on the field and watch this journey as he goes through it. Coach Longo, we appreciate your time, of course. I know you're a busy man. Um, NFL teams like to go back to sources of talent, though. This is two years in a row now they've come to you and your offense for, for NFL-caliber talent. Who should we be looking out for in the 2023 NFL draft coming out of the Tar Heels program? Oh, there's a bunch of them, I'd say, starting with, with uh, wide receiver Josh Downs and you know, I can tell you easily, you, you have a huge Washington Commanders fan at North Carolina now. Absolutely. All right, Coach, I wish you safe travels, a successful 2022 campaign in the ACC, and thank you uh, for joining us here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Appreciate the invite. Have a great one. You too, Coach. All right, once again, that was University of North Carolina offensive coordinator and quarterback coach Phil Longo. Greatly appreciate him uh, for, for taking some time out with us and appreciate the university for setting that up. Phil is not the last person we're going to hear from on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. We're going to hear from one of you, a fan of the Washington Commanders, in the very next segment. One more segment on today's episode brought to you today by BetOnline.net, your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. 
Final segment of the Locked On Commanders podcast here on this Thursday episode for you. David Harrison going solo at dharrison82 on Twitter. My my partner and co-host Chris Russell not here, but you can find him on Twitter at Russellmania61 and the show at LO Commanders. Uh, like I said, we had a voicemail from one of the uh, one, uh, Washington Commanders fan, a listener or viewer of the show. So let's hear from them right now. Hey, guys, it's Joel from North Carolina. Uh, looking over the draft, there's so many people that are upset by who they picked at 16. And I understand many people want to look and make the sexy pick, especially in the top 20 or one that's going to make the big splash. But I think they made the right move. It's giving them a compliment to Terry McLaurin. And what do you do you, when you trade back? You pick up that third that you didn't have, and you draft a kid out of Alabama, the running back, and you give someone to play right behind uh, Gibby. So I think you're going to see a lot of one-two punch with him. I mean, we saw something with the offense was very lacking last year. I think this adds right back to it. And honestly, the kid from North Carolina, you look at his uh, plays, uh, his abilities, I think he's going to push for playing time, but also I think it's going to give the opportunity for Scott Turner to uh, even use Gibson as a wide receiver some. So it's going to add a whole new wrinkle to this offense. Appreciate everything y'all do. Have a good day. Bye. All right. We appreciate the phone call. And yeah, look, you know, it's a very level headed and kind of in perspective way of really looking at this draft class that the Washington commanders came away from uh, out of the 2022 NFL draft. And you go back to yesterday's episode and Chris kind of broke down the selection of Brian Robinson, Jr. The, uh, the running back out of uh, Alabama. And, and a lot of people kind of had a day three grade on him. It's people uh, went out there and said that the commanders basically didn't know what they were doing and are laughing like, like all this kind of craziness. And listen, I know we all want to believe that our opinion is correct, um, you know. But Mario Mayhew talked about it over the weekend that the people inside the building they know how they evaluate their team. They know how they see their team now. Granted, the way that we see the team, or that you, or I, or Mel Kiper Jr., or Daniel Jeremiah, or whoever might see their team, could be totally different. And and, and time is going to tell who is really correct, who is really wrong. But there are so many different factors uh, into what makes an NFL team successful that even if who they pick don't necessarily pan out and work out, you can't just simply go back to it and say, ha, see, we told you Brian Robinson Jr. was the day three. There's just too many other factors that determine success and failure in the National Football League to make it that simplistic, to make it that simplistic, which would to really be kind of to take away uh, from what the process is. And look, you know, I talked to Herm Edwards, uh, head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils football program. The Buccaneers drafted uh, running back Rashad White out of there, so I talked to him for that show. But I asked him about a question that kind of applies here. I said, you know, about the media disparity and the, and the, and the, and what actually the NFL did as far as valuing players and ranking and projecting. And he said, I'm always going to lean on the guys inside. And Herm is someone who's been in the NFL room. He's been in the analyst seat with ESPN. Now he's coaching the college game. He said that the guys inside the organizations, they know what they're looking for. They know what they want. They're going to judge whether their draft was successful. And when you look at who they came away with, Jahan Dotson t- is going to take some attention away from Terry McLaurin, obviously he's more healthy, you know, from last time we saw them than Curtis Samuel. Now, again, things can happen. Uh, so, you know, there's no guarantees that that's going to remain until uh, the NFL season and through the NFL season. But those are things you can't necessarily predict. And if they get Curtis Samuel back on the field, Logan Thomas back on the field, this offense now has a lot of weapons. Talk about the word plethora. They have a plethora of weapons uh, for Carson Wentz to go through. And if Carson Wentz can't maximize those weapons, then the team knows what they need to do moving forward, and they have a better nucleus to put a quarterback moving forward. And then you look at the defense again. You lose Matt Ioannidis, you lose Tim Settle. Granted, Ioannidis was kind of on your own. I understand that. 
But either way, you lose two key defensive linemen, so you go and you draft another one to try to plug that hole. You see the issue at the running game with Antonio Gibson being ridden so hard, J.D. McKissick filling his role, both of them coming away with a lot of injuries last year and some fumble injuries due to the workload maybe uh, with Antonio Gibson. So Brian Robinson Jr. fits that. So, I mean, every pick basically on this on the in this class, you can essentially kind of identify and say, here's why Washington went the direction they did, even if they weren't necessarily the player we thought that they might go with or in the round that we thought they might go with it. You can see when they're addressing needs, where they're addressing needs, and that ultimately is going to help determine whether or not they're successful. Now, you're going to have your opinions. We're going to have our opinions. We've been dropping grades on these draft picks all week long. We're going to continue tomorrow when Chris and I get back together for our final episode to break down the rest of the class, talk a little bit more about Sam Howell and Carson Wentz and that whole dynamic and then we'll give our final grades for the 2022 NFL Draft class for your Washington Commanders. Until then, we thank you again for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or your first view of the day. Now make your second view or listen to the Locked On NFL podcast. The schedule may be dark, but the NFL never stops and neither does Locked On NFL. Get insights and opinions from hosts including Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, and Tony Wiggins, plus local Locked On NFL hosts repping all 32 squads. I was a fill-in on Wednesday's episode. If you want to go back and check out the Wednesday episode, Ross Jackson and I cutting it up over there on the Locked On NFL channel. There's no offseason for real fans, so make sure you subscribe to Locked On NFL on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. We will be back in the meantime. If you've got questions or topics you want to discuss, you want to grade these rookies yourself and let us know what you think about the draft class, send them in to LockedOnWashingtonCommanders at gmail.com or call in and be a part of the show by dialing 301-615-3577. For Chris Russell of the Russell and Medhurst Show on the Team 980, I'm David Harrison, writer for SI.com's Fan Nation. If you're out about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast.